Good morning, hello there, and welcome, once again, welcome back to the Daily Drives. I'm your host, Jason Cremines, happy to be here with you. Today is Monday, uh, at least it is for me anyway, depend upon when you're listening to this podcast, maybe it's Monday for you too, I don't know, but uh, just to give you a little a little heads up, it's the first time you're listening to my podcast. This is only my second podcast ever, so uh, as I have mentioned before, none of this stuff is scripted, none of this stuff is written down. I'm literally driving down the road talking from my heart. So I'll come up with a different topic uh, each podcast, and most of the time it's going to have to do with business or sales or, or self-empowerment. Uh, you know, call me a, a baby Tony Robbins if you want. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Some people are going to make fun of me. Some people are going to listen and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe Jason actually has something to say that's valuable. So that's what I'm here for. Hopefully you're going to get value out of this. If not, sorry for wasting your time. If so, please continue to listen and tell your friends about it. Tell everybody about it. Follow me on Instagram. I am at the official Jason Cremines on Instagram. Twitter's Cremines Jason. Uh, people take my names all the time. They like my name, apparently. So that's what I have to deal with. So uh, also I'm on Facebook. I think it's Jason Cremines Rocks. Um, I'm on Periscope at Jason Cremines. So make sure you follow me on all of those if you like me. If you don't, follow me anyway and make it look like you like me so that I can fool other people into thinking that I'm very well liked. Um, that was a joke. So, uh <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur, um, a speaker, a trainer, business consultant, uh, personal fitness trainer. So I do a lot of different little things, and these podcasts are just kind of a way for me to get my thoughts and my ideas out there to the general public without charging you for them, without having any uh, particular reason for doing so. I just want you guys to know the things that I know and learn the things that I've learned. Um, Maybe uh, maybe you're thinking about starting your own business and, and the things that I have to say are going to help you uh, avoid some of the mistakes that I've made in the past. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe you just need a little pep talk. I'm really freaking good at pep talks too because, you know, I've always believed that a positive attitude is going to carry me through every single little adversity I ever have to face and so far so good. So anyway, uh, today... The topic is going to be, we're, we're going to cover the lies we tell ourselves, okay? Um, and once again, I haven't, I haven't written anything down. I don't have any uh, cue cards. I'm not reading from a teleprompter because, you know, I'm driving. I'm literally driving. So that's why it's called the daily drives because I drive daily, and while I'm driving, I talk to you folks. And you're going to hear my car make noises like that. It's when I exceed the speed limit that I'm supposed to be at, or, or maybe there's a low gas or low tire pressure or something like that. So if you hear my turn signal uh, clicking or, or, you know, little beeps and crazy things like that, don't worry about it. I'm not being molested by a robot. Uh, it's just my car making funny noises. So uh, the reason I started this podcast, I want to kind of tell you this real quick. Uh, the reason I started this podcast is because I have a job. I, I work for a company, but I'm not going to be doing that for long. 
it's not the place for me. I've tried this many times working for a company and, and living their corporate life, and I just can't do it. Uh, there's, there's a lot of reasons why. We'll go over all of those reasons in uh, a series of different podcasts because there's a lot of good information there that you can take from it, whether you work inside of a company or you're starting your own business or you work for yourself or whatever. There's a lot of good information that I can share with you about being part of an organization like that, um, like the one that I'm a part of now. So pros and cons to both, you know, but um, the main reason that people decide to work for someone else is because of one of the lies that we tell ourselves. That lie, the first lie I want to talk about is you have to have money to be able to start your own business and work for yourself or, or work for yourself in general. You have to have money to start that. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's not true. It's not at all true. The company I work for has been in business over 90 years. So obviously 90 years ago, I did not have the opportunity to start this company because I wasn't even around 90 years ago. So pretty pointless, right? All right, but today I can start the exact same company. I could. I could easily go get the licensing that I need, go get the capital. Well, it's not easy to get the capital, but, you know, the startup money. I could go get everything that I need and, and start this exact same business and probably make a pretty good living doing it. I don't want to do that. It's not the business that I want to, to do. I don't want to live my life this way. So I'm not going to do it. But I could. But most people are working for the company that I work for because they don't feel like they could do that. They don't think that they have the opportunity or the capability or whatever to go out and start their own business. So the lie is that, that you know, we tell ourselves, no, you gotta have you gotta have money to do this. Well, you don't necessarily have to have money. I mean if you're selling a product, it may take you money to make the product, yes. But let's think about this. Let's take a product. For example, uh, let's say you make uh, let's say you make hats, right? Little beanies. And you're uh, you like to crochet, so you make you make crochet beanies for people, right? Now, is there a company out there that makes those? Oh yeah, yeah. There's tons and tons of companies that make different kind of clothing, textiles, and things like that. Whatever. You know, there's a million companies probably. I don't know the number. But there's a lot of companies out there doing it. So if there's a million companies out there doing it, do I have too much, don't I have too much competition to even bother trying to start a business? Well, there's another line. We'll talk about that one in a minute. But no, no, because just because somebody's doing it doesn't mean that you can't also do it and doesn't mean that you can't do it better. And even if you can't do it better, it doesn't mean you still can't do it. All right? It starts out with one hat. One hat. That's all it takes. You make one hat, you sell that one hat, bam, you're a business. It's that simple, right? Then it just depends on what you do with the money from that, that you, the revenue that you earn from that one hat. Now, do you go out and spend that money? Because you're like, woo, I sold a hat. I'm going to go celebrate. Now, of course, we're probably talking like, what, 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks tops? So it's not a lot of money. Right? But that's what most people do. Oh, I sold this hat, I'm going to go out and celebrate. I'll go ahead and and throw some, throw some of this cash I just made at, uh, you know, my waiter's tip or something, right? That's what most people do, which is why they can't run a business. They can't successfully start 
and run their own business because they make a little bit of money and they get rid of it right away, right? Instead of reinvesting like they should. So it starts with that. It starts with one hat, and that one hat leads to a second hat and a third hat and so on and so forth. But no matter what, you got to know what you're doing with your cash, okay? You can't just throw it around all over the place. Once you've made it, you got to do the right thing with it. What is the right thing? Well, my thought would be if you're going to sell one hat at a time because you don't have the money to mass produce a lot of different hats so that you can sell a bunch of hats all at one time, my thought would be that you reinvest that money, you know, that you go from, okay, I, I sold uh, one hat to, okay, I've sold 100 hats, and I didn't spend a dime of the money that I made from those 100 hats. That would be the smart thing to do. But Jason, how am I going to pay my bills if I'm only making, if I'm not making any money, if I'm not paying myself any money? Well, that's the sacrifice you got to make, man. So, instead of going to Pizza Hut after you sell that 100 hats and, and buying the whole family dinner, it's probably a better idea to take that same money and go ahead and invest it in some more materials and things like that so you can, you can make some more hats, okay? That, that's what you're supposed to do with that cash. And if you continue to do that, yeah, it's going to take a while for you to make any money. It is going to take some time. I'm assuming you're going to be around when X amount of time expires anyway. So you're either going to be around when X amount of time expires with no hat company, or you're going to be around when X amount of time expires with a successful hat company. So either do it or don't do it. It's really up to you no matter what. At the end of the day, that's the key. It's not that you can't do it because you don't have the money. It's because you can't do it because you're freaking scared. You're freaking scared because everybody tells you you can't do this without money. That's why you're scared. Everybody's telling you you can't do this without money, without this, without that, whatever. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's complete bullshit. That's completely bogus. That is not true. You can start your own business one freaking hat at a time. You don't have to have millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest in a place where you can make the hats and all the materials to make the hats and mass producing the hats and advertising and growing a website and all that. You don't need that. You need a good product and you need a small following of people who would enjoy that product. That's all you need. See a need, fill a need. That's all it takes. Okay, so let's just recap, all right? Um, we've, we've talked about the fact that you have to reinvest your money into your business, uh, especially if you don't have the capital to start out on your own, right? So most people uh, that are trying to start their own business don't have a lot of money lying around, like myself. So how do you make money in the meantime? Like, the best thing for you to do is to continue to work wherever it is that you're working. Whatever you do to currently make an income for yourself, continue to do that. Continue to make that income for yourself. And you're going to have to use the time that you have outside of your current employment to, to use that to build your business. You're going to have to use 
that other time, the time that you're not at work, the time that you're not in the office. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it's okay to be working on your hats on company time, but let's think about this. If you're built, if you're making a product, right, you're at work where it's not your job to make a product. Maybe you're, um, maybe you're a secretary at a law firm, okay? Just, just throwing some random thing out there, right? Because I just happen to be in an area where there's a lot of law firms right now. So you're a secretary at a law firm, and you work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. You get an hour for lunch, maybe a half an hour, whatever, right? So when you go to lunch, instead of just eating lunch, is it possible for you to go ahead and work on one of your hats then? Or maybe work on your social media then? Maybe work on the, the, the marketing side of your business while you're on your lunch break? I think it is possible. You have to be efficient. You have to be effective every day. Utilize every single spare moment, okay? Well, I've got a family. I have, you know, a wife or kids or a husband and, and kids and dogs and cats and all these other things going on in my life outside of work, Jason. What do I do then? Well, once again, challenge yourself. Ask yourself this question and be honest. Is there a moment or two throughout the day that you're literally doing nothing or that you're doing something that's not at all productive, something that doesn't help you to move forward with your business? Right, The time that you're not spending with your kids, the time that you're not spending at work, what are you doing with that time? Are you watching Netflix? Are you streaming like shameless, like watching every single episode, just binge watching back to back to back? Or are you just catching one episode? Either way, there's time right there that you're literally wasting. But I love that show. Dude, I love that show too. I can't wait till the next season comes out, you know? Love that show. But I know that if I'm going to be sitting down for 45 minutes watching an episode of Shameless instead of working on my business, then I've taken 45 minutes of opportunity out of my day. I have omitted that from my day on my own. I have no one to blame for that but myself. But I know this. You need to know this too. Be honest with yourself. Do not lie to yourself. We have enough people out there lying to us, our government, our employer. There's enough people out there lying to us, we, our kids. <laughs> we don't need to lie to ourselves too. When we start to lie to ourselves, that's when we really think that our lies are the truth. If you keep telling yourself, I can't start my hat business because I don't have any money, then you're lying to yourself and you're going to continue to tell yourself that. You're going to continue to believe that that is the reason that you haven't started your hat business yet. That's bullshit. Stop saying that to yourself. You don't need a bunch of money, okay? What you need is to maximize the time that you have on this earth. Maximize that time. Utilize that time to make things happen for your business, for yourself. All right, now, I think that I have sufficiently beaten that dead horse. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think you get the idea. You don't have to have money. Bottom line, let's wrap up. This first point is you don't have to have money 
to start your own business, if you're trying to create a new product or you're trying to, to make a product or you're trying to start a service, okay, a lawn care service, all you need is a freaking lawnmower and some gas. That's all you really need. And the ability to walk up to somebody and say, hello, can I cut your grass? That's all you need. And all of a sudden, you're starting your own landscaping business. But whatever you do, don't get into business doing something just because you know that you're going to make money doing it. That's not a good enough reason to start a business at all. You want to start a business because it's something that you can see yourself doing day in and day out, something that you can live, eat, sleep, and breathe because that's what owning a business is. It is 24-7, 365, no fucking excuses, NFE, no fucking excuses. You're the one, if you start a business, you're the one responsible to make sure that everybody that works for you has a paycheck. That's a lot of pressure. So if you think that starting your own business is going to be low pressure and easy, don't think that. You've lost your damn mind, all right? It's not easy at all. But it's absolutely doable. I don't care if you have a degree or not. I don't care how much schooling you have, if you dropped out of third grade, or if you've got a doctrine in bullshit, doesn't matter. What matters is that what you're doing, you love it, you're passionate about it, you want to do it, you want to make it happen, you want other people to see it the way that you see it. So it's not about the money. Forget the fact, forget the lie that you keep telling yourself that you need money to start a business. You don't need money, right? Now, let's move on to the next point, because once again, I feel like I pretty sufficiently destroyed that horse. Um, so, the next lie that I think that we tell ourselves is that, and I, I, I touched on this for just a second, is that you have to have a higher education in order to be successful. Bullshit. I'm here to tell you. Absolutely not true. I can give you the names of tons of millionaires who never graduated high school. Alright? Now, I'm not saying drop out of school, okay? So if you're a high school kid, you're listening to this, and you want to be a business owner, I'm not telling you to drop out of school, kid, alright? Do not do that. It's stupid. You got to graduate anyway. You got to be there till you're 18 anyway. So you may as well go ahead and get a freaking degree, diploma to go with it. Since you got to be there anyhow. It's again, maximizing your time. Utilizing your, your time and, and making an effort with what it is that you're doing in your life. Everything that you do in life, you should try to do the very best you can. That's just all there is to it. Now, just because you want to get that high school diploma... It doesn't mean that you have to go to college and, and get a, a bachelor's degree or an associate's degree or a master's degree or a Ph.D. in order to start your own business, in order to be successful in life. You don't have to do that. We, we've, for some reason, in the past like 30 or 40 years, the United States of America has gone from this culture of where we, we teach people a trade and... You know, they, they learn 
how to be a welder or be an auto body mechanic or whatever, all of the little things that we need uh, in our country, we went from talking kids into to, to becoming those kinds of people uh, where, you know, you can go work at a factory, you can go work for uh, a car dealership or a, uh, not a dealership necessarily, but you can go work for a mechanic or become a mechanic or auto body or, you know, uh, building houses, all those kinds of things. We told kids, no, 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 don't do that. Instead, you need to go to college. You need to go to college and get your degree so that you can go get a good job. What, because building houses isn't a good job? I'm sorry, you don't need a degree for that. You can build houses without a degree. There is nowhere in the country where you have to have some kind of degree in order to be able to build a house. No. You need hammer, nails, wood. That's what you need. Right? Obviously, I'm being extremely general in that statement. I know you need a lot more than just some hammers and uh, some hammers and some nails and some two-by-fours, right? There's a lot more that goes into building a house than that. But my point is, that's really what you need, right? You need to be able, you need the knowledge to be able to know how to do so, but the knowledge doesn't require a degree. It requires education, but it doesn't require a degree. Does that make sense, right? Because can I build uh, shelves in my garage? Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. I'll probably screw something up because I'm not real good at working with the wood and things like that and cutting things and measuring stuff and all that. I'm not real good at it because I don't do it every day. I'm really good at numbers because I, I do numbers every day. I'm really good at that. But I don't build houses, you know. And I don't want to build houses. That's not my thing. I'm not interested in that. But if that's what you're interested in, great. You don't have to go to school for that. And we need people that know how to do that stuff. We need people who know how to fix cars, who know how to fix appliances. I mean, dude, people are buying TVs every 18 months because they, they can't fix the TV that it's broken. Can you imagine how many TVs you can fix and resell? I mean, gee whiz, that's a business by itself right there. I said gee whiz. So that by itself is a business. People, everything is disposable. So, right everything is disposable there's nobody fixing anything anymore no one knows how if you can fix stuff you got one hell of a business right there if you know how to fix things that's it you know how to fix stuff start a fucking business it's that easy you go on to Facebook which is free and throw a uh, throw up a business page TV repair hell teach people how to repair their own TV so you don't have to have a, a big fancy degree or, you know, uh, PhD besides your name or anything like that in order to be able to be successful in life. You don't need that at all. What you really need is the knowledge about your products, goods, or services. That's what you truly need, the knowledge. Now, going back to the hats, if you're going to sell crochet beanies, you obviously have to be good at crocheting. You probably want to have some kind of artistic abilities. In other words, if I were to try to crochet a hat, it would look like a mess of jumbled up yarn. That's what it would look like when I got done with it. Why? Because I don't know how to crochet. 
Ooh, shocker, I know. You're all like, what? You don't know how to crochet? Right. I can play guitar, <laughs> but crochet, no, not happening. I don't, I don't know how. Could I learn? Yep, absolutely. I have an 18-year-old daughter who is fantastic at crocheting, and she makes hats and things like that all the time, stuffed animals, all kinds of crazy little things, right? She could absolutely turn that into a business, though she hasn't decided to do so yet. Um, so you have to have the knowledge as to how to crochet to begin with, and you have to get good at it. You've got to practice that. Right? Just like if you want to be a musician, you have to practice your music. Let's say you want to be a guitar player for the, the world's greatest rock band ever. Sticks. <laughs> That's, I mean, you know, according to Happy Gilmore. So, um, <laughs> you want to be a, a, an amazing guitar player for an amazing rock band, well then you're going to need to, A, learn how to play the guitar. First off, that's the first thing you're going to have to do. Learn how to play guitar. Then, you're not going to have to just learn how to play guitar, but you're going to have to be really good at it. So you're going to have to practice, practice, practice every day. Day in, day out, you've got to practice. And if there's somebody out there practicing more than you, then you need to practice twice as much as them. You've got to continue to practice until you get to that spot where you're good enough. that you're valuable to somebody in that industry. Does that make sense? And that works for whether you, you're running your own business or you're working inside a company. So, for example, if you worked for a company that made crochet hats and your job was to crochet one particular hat, well, if you got really good at that particular hat and you could crochet those hats better than anybody else and faster than anybody else, that makes you more valuable to that company than the person who doesn't have a clue like myself, right? They got to teach me, they got to constantly coach me, show me what I'm doing wrong, fix my mistakes, all that kind of stuff. But you, no, you're flying through it. You're kicking its ass in comparison to me. So you are way more valuable to that company than I am. That's what you need to create value in yourself. Now, if you're, if you're your own business, and you can make them as crappy as you want, but keep in mind that somebody else out there might be making the same hat, only doing a better job at it. So you want to be able to offer your, your, your customers the best possible product that you can give them, right? Otherwise, you're not going to get repeat business, and that's, that's what being a business is all about, getting repeat business. We'll go into that just a little bit more here in a minute. But So the, the other big lie that we continue to tell ourselves, we have to have uh, a higher education. We've got to have some kind of a degree or something in order to be successful. That's not true Get that shit out of your head, all right? If you're 40 years old and you are sitting around going, you know what, man, I wish I would have gotten my degree so I could start a business, or I wish I would have gotten my degree so that I could be more valuable to my, my employer, then you're, you're telling yourself a lie. You are absolutely fibbing to yourself, and you need to stop it. Because while some places want you to have a degree in order for you to move up within the company, uh, that doesn't mean that that's the case for every place that you could possibly work. The place where I work, they have only recently decided that you don't need a degree to be a manager. Although, up until literally, when I say recently, I'm talking in the last couple of months. Uh, because up until the last couple of months, they believe the only people that should be managers should have a degree of some sort. Even if 
the degree is in something completely outside of the scope of what that person will be doing for the company, doesn't matter as long as they have at least a bachelor's degree. Why do you think that is? Why do you think some companies are so adamant about must have a two-year degree, must have a four-year degree, must have a six-year degree, eight-year degree, whatever? Do you think it's because that you you don't have the knowledge without the degree? Is it possible that I could gain the knowledge without going to college? Absolutely. Especially in my line of work. You know, I'm in sales. Sales, marketing, advertising. I don't need a degree for any of that stuff. Business management, I don't need a, a degree for that. All I need is the knowledge, which I have. I possess this knowledge because of my experience. 21 years in the industry, you know, 21 years of being told what to do by other people and also doing things on my own. So I know the difference. 21 years I've been training other people, teaching other people, making money for other companies instead of making it for myself because I didn't have a degree. So I thought, well, that's the only way it's going to happen. But Jason... You're saying it to yourself, man, every time I go to apply for a job, they say they want a bachelor's degree or equivalent. Well, do you know what the equivalent is? The equivalent is the equivalent amount of education. The, what is the equivalent amount of education to a bachelor's degree? Is it four years in the field? No. Who knows? Just depends on your degree, I suppose. You know, in my case... I think 21 years in my, you know, in sales and advertising and marketing, I think 21 years is way more than a four-year bachelor's degree. I mean, I should be a freaking, I should have my PhD by now, right? As many people as I've dealt with. So, let me tell you why they all ask for that particular requirement. They all say, hey, I want you to have a bachelor's degree to be considered for this position, Way back in the uh, 40s, 50s, right, we, we changed the way our school systems operated, right? We wanted everyone to be on the same page. So all across the country, we made our schools just like factories. Mr. Ford, he decided that he wanted to mass produce his automobile, so he created a situation, what we call now the assembly line. He actually invented the assembly line in, in manufacturing. So what happened was he was able to make a lot more cars in a lot, fewer, uh, a lot less time because he created this assembly line, right? It started out with a whistle in the morning. Your shift begins. Then you get a whistle at lunch to say, hey, it's lunchtime. And then another whistle goes off to say it's time to go back to work. And then at the end of the day... A whistle goes off saying, hey, the day is over with. Pack up your shit and go home. We adopted that in our education system. Why do you think that is? Because our education system from that moment forward has been designed to create valuable employees. That has been the mentality in our education system since the fucking 50s, and it continues to be that way today in 2018. We continue to have that same mentality almost 70 years later, even though the world has changed so much in the last 70 years. We continue to breed our, our education system 
uh, we continue to make our education system create valuable employees that know how to get deadli- reach deadlines, know how to get things turned in on time, how to get to work on time, how to leave on time, how to have a lunch in the middle of the day, all of those things, right? We've, we've, read, we've made our culture believe that this is our culture now. We believe that that is what makes a valuable employee, showing up to work on time, doing what they're told, whether it makes sense or not, common core math. Do what you're told to do. If I tell you to do it this way, this is the way that you're supposed to do it. It doesn't matter if your way is better and more efficient, more effective. What matters is that you do it the way you're told to do it. That is what we're doing with our education system. We're not teaching children. They're learning. They're learning a lot of things. I mean, we have... You know, a lot of school teachers out there that really, really care. And then you have the 80% that don't really give a shit. They're there to get their paycheck and go home. But, Jason, they don't make a lot of money. No, you're right. They don't make a lot of money. That's why they're all investing in other stuff. That's why they're doing stuff during the summertime. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear you cried about how little the school teachers get paid. You're right. They get paid crap. I agree. I agree. But they're only being told... They're only being told, they're only doing what they're being told to do, just like other companies, other organizations, corporations, things like that. They tell their employees what to do, how to do it, and that's what's going to get done. So no matter how great of a teacher they are, they are still following the directions of somebody that is higher up saying, this is how we got to do it. In our particular case, it would be the state of Ohio. Um, but... That's what the education system is all about. It is training our children to be obedient, loyal workers to the corporations. While the corporations are making millions and billions of dollars in profits every year and the top 5, you know, the top 5 or 10 people in that organization are making all the money, and our kids are working for them, making anywhere from minimum wage to you know less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. But then you got five guys making you know two, three, four, five million dollars a piece every year. Is that fair? Well, maybe so, dude. I mean, the CEO started the company, owns the company, ran the company, whatever, built the company from the ground up. Does that guy deserve to make money? Hell yeah, he does. Hell yeah, he deserves to make money and a lot of it. Is he going to pay taxes on that? Oh, you better believe it. Regardless of whether Trump's president or Clinton's president or Obama or what, it doesn't matter. They're going to pay a lot of money in taxes because they make a lot of money. It's just how it goes. But that guy that was the CEO that started the company may not have ever had a college degree, may not have ever had a real education for that matter. All he did was start the company. And that's all you have to do if that's what you want. If not, just get good at what you do. That's the main thing. You have to get good at what you're doing. Whether you're working for yourself or for somebody else, you have to get good at what you're doing. And you have to take pride in what you're doing. At the end of the day, can you hold your head up and say, you know what, everything that I did today, I did to the best of my ability. Everything. 
I'm very proud of the work that I did. And if anybody was to look at this, they would be happy with the work that I did. Can you say that to yourself every single day? If so, good job. Congratulations. And you're probably a pretty valuable person in your organization. If not, find another organization because you're the 10%. You know, they have this 80-20 rule, right, where 80% of the people do 20% of the work, or 20% of the people do 80% of the work, that is, right? The 80-20 rule. It's true, but I believe it's closer to 90-10, you know? 10% of the people do 90% of the work. The other 90% fill in for the rest, you know, to get the other 10% done, maybe. So, in my opinion, if... You're already somebody, even if you work at McDonald's flipping burgers, if you're the best burger flipper in there and you know it, nobody can be better, than, better at flipping burgers than you and you're always putting out good quality stuff, well, congratulations, you're more valuable than anybody else in that company. Anybody else in your, in your spot, anyway. But that doesn't mean that the, the management's going to recognize that. And if they don't, go work somewhere else. Because somebody will recognize that, and that will be valuable to somebody. And when you go get that new job, tell them that that's why you're getting the new job. Look, I take pride in my work. I work very, very hard. I don't slack off while I'm at work. I'm not hanging around the water cooler talking to my buddies about what we did over the weekend. No. I go in. I knock it out. I kick its ass. I do better than anybody else. I work really hard. I take pride in what I do. And they don't appreciate it. Everybody else there gets paid the same as me. I don't think that that's fair. I do a better job than everybody else, but I make the same money. It's not fair. That's why I'm looking for another job. Tell them. So, you don't need an education. What you need you don't need a degree, but what you need is the education. That's what I mean to say. That's what I mean to say. So you don't need a degree to be successful in life, whether you're working for, your own, for yourself or you're working inside of an organization, some type of company. You don't have to have a degree to be valuable. You just have to be good at what you're doing. You have to have the knowledge for what it is that you're doing. You know, if, if, you get, if someone has a broken arm, they're not coming to me with their broken arm because I'm not a doctor. I don't have the knowledge or the degrees to back up that kind of first aid. I don't have it. I'm going to tell you to go to someone that knows more about that than me. Same, uh, you know, this on the same coin, I'm not going to go to a lawyer and ask him about pest control. Right? Hopefully, if my lawyer has a problem with a mouse at his house, he's calling me because that's what I do, right? At least right now. <laughs> so, I'm a fitness trainer. Do I have certification? Not yet. I am currently enrolled in the classes that allow me to take the test. So I'm currently gaining the additional knowledge that I need. Yes, that costs me money. But that's not a cost as much as it is an investment. The seven, eight, nine hundred dollars that I'm spending on this certification is simply an investment 
in the education so that I have the knowledge that I need to be the best personal fitness trainer that I can possibly be. I will continue that knowledge. I continue that knowledge every single day. I listen every day to at least one podcast having to do with fitness and and training because I know that I want to be one of the best at my craft that there is out there. I want to be able to offer people a very knowledgeable trainer who can help them to gain the results that they're looking for, to get the results that they're looking for, because that is what it is all about at the end of the day. If someone's hiring a personal fitness trainer, it's because they don't know anything about fitness or they don't know enough about fitness to be able to make an impact on themselves. That's why they need somebody like me to help guide them down the right path, to help to educate them, to teach them how to take care of themselves when it comes to fitness. So I'm getting the certification so that not because I need a certificate to be qualified to be a personal fitness trainer, but it does validate, it does validate what it is that I'm trying to do. I'm saying I'm a personal fitness trainer, fine. But what do I have to show my clients that I at least have obtained some knowledge when it comes to fitness training? Well, I have this certification that I'm getting through an uh, National Academy of Sports Medicine, or, or NASM, which is an internationally recognized certification program. So I can go anywhere in the world just about and be a certified personal trainer. I'm moving to Florida, but <laughs> that feels like another part of the world right now, but um, it's really not that far away, so, you know, 1,100 miles or whatever. So um, do I need the certification? No. But am I going to get the certification anyway because it helps to validate my my experience? Yes, absolutely. Now, with that being said, along with that certification comes some education. So, obviously, I'm learning some stuff that I didn't already know. I know a lot, but I don't know everything. In fact, not only do I not know everything, but if I did know everything, it's going to change tomorrow. It's a constantly changing thing. And everybody is a little bit different when it comes to their level of fitness and what it's going to take to get them to being in shape. You know, I have a buddy that I work with. He's almost 400 pounds. He's literally 150 to 200 pounds overweight. Overweight. Right? That's a whole nother person. But he's young. He's 25. So his body will be able to bounce back easily. He just has to start training it. So I'm about to call him up, and he's going to go to the gym with me today. It's leg day. He is going to absolutely regret that. But if he sticks with me for the next few weeks while I'm still in Ohio, then he will see a much better path ahead of him. In fact, I guarantee you that if he sticks with me for just three weeks, 28 days actually is what I have left in this town, I believe. So if he sticks with me for the next four weeks, then... I guarantee you that he will see some big, big results just in those four weeks. 
But I gotta, I gotta get him to stick with me. So we'll see. Maybe I'll take it fairly easy on him today. Who am I kidding? I'm not taking it easy on him. He's getting his ass kicked. Um, so back to the uh, original point here. I know I went off on a, a little bit of a tangent or a couple of different tangents there, but the main point that I'm trying to bring across to you here is the one of the the next lie that we tell ourselves is you have to have a degree in order to move up in the world. That's not true. Be good at what you do. That's what you need to do. Be good at what you do. Be the best at what you do. If you're selling hats, if you're starting a hat company, be the best hat maker there is. Be the most effective hat maker there is. Make the, the best quality hats. But whatever you do, make sure that you do it the best you can. So, you don't need a degree. You do need the knowledge. Moving on to the next lie that we constantly tell ourselves there's just too much competition for what I want to do. Oh, my God. Let's talk about this bullshit for a second, okay? Now, when you say there's too much competition out there, think about your competition for a minute, people, and I am not kidding you. Think about this. When have you ever gone out and tried to buy something or gone out and tried to get a new service of something started, right? Let's talk about your cable, your cell phone service. Um, you wanted to buy a new pair of shoes, right? I don't care what it is. Let's start out with your experience. What happened when you walked into that shoe store, when you walked into that phone store, when you walked into, you know, to the... the uh, pest control company to get a new pest control service started. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. You walk in, there's other people already there being waited on, right? Then, if you're lucky enough to walk into a nice place, they're like, hey, somebody will be right with you. All right? Let's use the phone store as an example because I just went through this. So... I need a new phone because I'm moving to Florida, and that's probably a customer. One moment. Okay, so I'm back. I walked in. That was a customer, by the way. So I walked recently into the uh, T-Mobile store. I just dropped my wife, this is at Easton, um, in uh, the Easton Town Center in Columbus, and I just dropped my wife off to get, uh, this was around Valentine's Day, so I got her uh, an hour session in the float spa. It's really cool. If you've never done that, you have to do that. And I'm going to actually talk about customer experience in one of my podcasts, and this particular place is going to be featured in that uh, that customer experience episode. But anyway... Um, so, I dropped her off at the Flotation Spa, um, if you haven't heard about that, check it out, it's really freaking cool, um, where she's going to be there for at least an hour, right, I know she's at least going to be there for an hour, so I'm like, alright, this is plenty of time, I'm going to go check out some new phones and, and see what T-Mobile has to offer, because we're currently with Verizon, or we were currently with Verizon, we just recently switched to Sprint, actually, so... We're checking out, uh, so I go in, and, and I walk into the store, and there's like three customers in there, and there's two people waiting on those customers, 
Uh, two of them were together as a couple, and then one was just by himself or whatever. I think he had a kid outside or something, uh, like a teenage kid. And um, I walk in, and someone says, hey, I'll be right with you. We'll, we'll be right with you. Okay, no problem. Well, there's nowhere to sit. <laughs> it's a phone store. Who sits down in the phone store, right? Cool. So there's nowhere to sit. Um, there's there's a dozen phones to look at. I was really only there for one, but there was a dozen, a dozen different phones to look at with 12 phones. It's not very many, right? They had the new a couple new iPhones, uh, like the 8 and the X or whatever, uh, and then they had, you know, your newest Samsung phones and your newest, like, HTC phones, right? So they just had your, your, your couple newest uh, phones on the market. So not a whole heck of a lot to look at. Um, there's no magazines. There's no, I mean, there's a few accessories and stuff. Literally, uh, I looked at every single thing in the store and read everything that there was to read in the entire store in a matter of less than 10 minutes, okay? So there's nothing to do here. I'm freaking bored standing around waiting on these people to get done doing what they're doing. No offense to them because it takes a long time to buy a new phone. It's like buying a car. You got to transfer everything over. You got to, you know, make the right deal, get the right phone, you know, move all your stuff and, you know, get the case uh, put on and everything together and all this. So, I mean, it takes a while to buy a new phone these days. It, It drives me nuts. I would absolutely much rather just buy a phone online which, by the way, is what we ended up doing, and and having it shipped to my house rather than waiting through all the nonsense at a store to get everything done, which, once again, it's a, it's a customer experience thing we'll talk about later. So I'm standing around, and I'm not even kidding you. The only time anyone said anything to me was the very first second that I walked through the door, hey, somebody will be right with you. Right with you to me means give me five minutes, and I'll be right with you, you know, I mean, five minutes, let's go 10, all right, I'll even wait around 10 minutes, 35, 40 minutes, I'm standing here in this, and I have nothing left to look at, I have nothing left to do, I'm literally just standing there waiting, there's nowhere for me to sit, as I mentioned earlier, so it's very uncomfortable, it's not inviting, it's not a place that I want to hang out, I mean, if they have like a foosball table or a pool table or something, I'm game, they will stand there all day, right, Give me a guitar to play on. Shoot. You know, give me a a video game to play or something. I mean, make it something interesting for me. No one said anything the the rest of the time that I was there. I got a phone call. I I stepped outside to take the phone call. No one even looked in my direction. And while I was out there on the phone, I was like, "You know what? I'm I don't I'm not, I don't have that time for this. I'm just going to leave. I'm done. I don't I don't want to stand here anymore." That's what happens when you walk into the phone store, okay? That is the perfect example of a customer experience this day and age. That is exactly what you get no matter where you go, whether you're going to Walmart, any other grocery store, uh, department store, anything like that, um, or you're going to a cell phone store, a tire shop, um, you know, anything like that. I went into a tire shop the other day. My work car had a, a screw in the tire. I went to Firestone, one of the biggest tire companies there is, one of the biggest, you know, car fixer-uppers there is out there, right? So that's also where the national account happens to be, the fleet account. So it just made sense to go there to get this tire fixed. 
and by the way, the tires were brand new. I just got them uh, a couple weeks prior, and uh, it was just a screw in the tire. I knew I, I, I must have pulled over one, you know, at a job site or something. No big deal, right? Just pull the freaking screw out, put a plug in, and I'll be on my way. Well, I go into Firestone like I was told to, and I tell the guy, hey, uh, it's a, a fleet vehicle. Um, I just need a plug. It's it's a screw in the tire. I, I've seen it. I know where it is. It just needs a plug. Can you can you hook this up for me real quick? The guy says, um, yeah, it's not going to be real quick. I got three people working today because I had some people call off. So uh, I, I'm only manager here today. I'm by myself. And we have a couple of cars in the bay getting all new tires on them. So I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. But, like, I literally just need a plug. So is it possible if I just take the tire off and bring it in, you could plug it real quick for me and, and I just, you know, be on my way? No, I can't do that. That was it. No, I can't do that. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, my company spends probably, I have no idea, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars a year with this company, uh, with Firestone, and they can't take five minutes out of their day to plug a tire for me? Come on, man, i got to get back to work. You know, I'm in the middle of my day. I'm, I'm trying to get this thing done real quick so I can go back to work. So um, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to wait three hours just to get my tire plugged. I'm not going to do it. I'll ride around on a spare tire first, okay? The tire was still on the car, by the way. This just happened. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to call around and see if anybody else is available. So I call up Mr. Tire right down the street using my Google map to see what the nearest tire shop was to me. Uh, I came up with that conclusion. I called Mr. Tire. I said, hey, man, I got a screw in my tire. I need to get it plugged really quick. It's a fleet vehicle. I need to get back on the road. Do you have time to take a quick look at it? And he said, sure, man, bring it on over. I'll just take a quick peek. If as long as it can be plugged, I'll have you in and out of here in no time. Okay. So I go over. The guy meets me outside. Saw my car pulling in. Walks out. This is the car, obviously. I just talked to you on the phone. He's like, yep. Okay, cool. So we go back. He looks at the tire. Sure enough, he sees that there's a screw. He's like, yeah, I can plug that for you, man. Uh, just come on inside. Grab a seat. I'll be, I'll be with you in a few minutes. I go inside. I grab a seat. He's like, hey, can you throw me the keys real quick? I'm like, yeah, sure. I throw him the keys. At this point, I haven't even given him any payment information or anything else. He runs outside, jumps in my car, pulls it into the bay, gets it up on the rack, and one of the guys that was working on the other car that was getting new tires on it immediately walked over, pulled the plug, they started working on the car, whatever. Ten minutes, maybe 15 minutes later, I was out of there. They had a place for me to sit. They had a magazine for me to read, plenty of magazines. I didn't need that many, but they were there. There were some customers in the lobby getting their vehicle uh, serviced, so I talked to them for a little while because I'm a talker. I like to talk to people. So we chatted for a little bit. They are getting ready to go on vacation. It was fun, yada, yada. Anyway, so like I said, I was there 15 minutes. The guy comes up. He's like, here you go, man. You're all set. I just pulled the car right out in front for you. You can just hop in and go. I was like, well, hey, man, uh, you know, I gave you the phone number to the fleet. You need me to stick around for that? He's like, ah, I'll take care of it later. Don't worry about it, brother. If you need anything else, give me a call. What, are you serious? 
I didn't have to wait around for him to call Flea and get the payment authorized or anything else. He's like, it's just a tire plug. No big deal. I was like, well, what if they don't pay for it? He's like, what am I out, five bucks? I'm like, all right, cool, man. I appreciate it. So he was cool. So I thought that my wife's car needed new tires, but after looking at them, they don't. They're, They're perfectly fine, all of them, all four, all the way around are in very good condition. Two of them look like they're practically brand new. We just bought the car last March. And uh, so that those, those tires might barely have a year on them. I think they were new when we got it. Um, and then the other two tires are, are really, really, really good, too. So there's no reason to buy new tires. But if I needed new tires, I was going to take it down to Mr. Tire and, and get that guy the sale because he definitely deserved it. He treated me like I was a human being that needed to get back to work, not just another car in line to get tires or whatever. You know, So I really appreciated that. It meant a lot to me. So... That that brings me to the point of the competition, okay? I don't care what business you're in, what business you're trying to do, what you want to start, what you're, you're, you're really wanting to do out there. Your competition sucks. 90% of your competition sucks. No competition whatsoever. All you have to do to be better than your competitor is treat people like actual people and not like a sale, you know, if you're selling hats, I'm going back to your hat business, okay, we're going to use this the entire podcast, so if you're selling hats, somebody says, hey, I want to buy this white hat with the uh, peace sign on it, I really like peace signs, okay, cool, well, here's this hat, or maybe you're out of stock, or maybe you got to, maybe you got to grow a crochet one, you don't, you don't have one yet, you got the design up. Maybe you made one. You posted it online to say, hey, look at this one I made and sold to somebody. And someone saw it and was like, hey, I really like that. And they wanted to buy one. It's going to take you a week to make it, right, or a few days or whatever. Well, you could be like most companies. Thanks for your money. You'll get it shipped out as soon as possible. We'll send you an email. Have a nice day. No, you could, you could be like that. And, and that's the way most people are treated, Amazon, eBay, whatever. That's how they're usually treated. Or you could be better than that, and you could say, hey, I tell you what, either it's a personal phone call, an email, however you decide to communicate with your customers. I like talking I like talking to my customers. I like letting them know that I'm real, I'm actually here, I'm a human being, I'm not just a robot or a pre-typed message coming to you in an email. I like for people to know that I'm actually there to help them. So I call the customer up and I say, hey, I don't have that hat in stock, i got to make you one going to take me a few days. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's okay. I just really like that hat. Okay, because I have some other ones in stock that also have peace signs. Did you know about this one, this one, and this one? You know, maybe show them some other ones. You know, maybe is it just the peace sign you like or is it the white color that you like? You know, find out what it is that they really want. What's moving them to buy this hat? Actually, it's got nothing to do with the color or the design at all. My ears are freaking cold. Well, no problem. You don't want that hat anyway. I got one that's going to keep your ears way warmer, and I can make it the exact same style if you'd like. You know, whatever. That's a personal experience, man. That's showing the customer that you care. They're not just a sale. What that customer is going to do is when they get their hat in the mail, they're going to be so happy with their new product, and you're going to send them a little handwritten thank you note for their business, and they're going to go online and they're going to brag about their new hat. They're going to post pictures on Instagram, some selfies with their new hat. Check out my new hat. 
I got it from so-and-so because they told me that they didn't have the hat in stock, but they were going to make it for me and take a couple extra days to get it to me. They could have just taken my money and let me wait. But no, they let me know ahead of time. Because that's what cool people do. That's what a cool business does. So F your competition. You don't have any competition. So quit telling yourself that there are too many landscape companies. There are too many hat makers. There are too many pest control companies. There are too many fitness trainers. There are too many. I don't care. I don't care. 90% of them suck. If I was halfway interested in the grocery business whatsoever, I'd start a brand new grocery store that no one would ever be able to outsell me in groceries ever. Ever. I would make more money as a grocery store than any other grocery store in the world, and I'll tell you why. I would make sure that every customer had such an amazing experience at that grocery store that they would never go to another store again for the rest of their life. Ever. Unless, of course, they moved and I was just, you know, 1,100 miles away. In which case, if I'm pulling people from 1,100 miles to buy groceries, then obviously I know what the hell I'm doing, right? I'll tell you the theory about my grocery store later on, but the reason why I wanted to point out the fact... I'm sorry, I just got way off track. So, (laughs) I wanted to make sure that you knew that even though, yes, there's a lot of competition out there, there's a lot of businesses out there, you got to think about the reality of the situation. No one gives a shit about their customers anymore. Nobody cares about their customers, especially a big corporation, a big business. Do you think they give a shit? Do you think, for example, Firestone gives even a half a shit that they lost a $10 tire plug sale that day? Do you think they care? No. Do you think they even know? No. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. It slipped right through their fingers. They had no idea. And and honestly, $10 in the grand scheme of things is like squirting a squirt gun in the ocean. Right? It's not that big a deal. But the other thing that they did, it wasn't about that $10 sale. It was about the fact that I had a shitty experience. That's where my company takes their vehicles to get serviced. But I don't have to take my vehicle there. I could take it to any shop that will accept a credit card over the phone. What do you think that that did to their business, at least with my particular fleet vehicle, is concerned? I mean, is my one fleet vehicle not going to get serviced at that particular Firestone going to make such an impact that Firestone is going to change their ideas and their theories and their thoughts and their, and their entire staff? No. Because they don't care. Because they know they can sell three tires, get the fourth one free, with a free rotation every six months. And they're going to make tons and tons and tons of money every single year, year in, year out, still treating their customers like crap because people don't know that there's a better way. They don't know. They're so, we're so used to being crapped on by the people that we do business with the people that we buy products from, the people that we buy services from, the companies that take care of our electric, our gas, our water, all of those things, they treat us like complete garbage. And they can because they know that they can do that and we're going to continue to pay them and be treated like crap because we can't go anywhere else, especially utilities. You can't go anywhere else. right? You have AEP, you'll always have AEP. 
That's all there is to it. Now, yes, there are other billers out there, third-party providers, but they're buying the same stuff from the same company, AEP, and they're reselling it to you. That's all they're doing. Basically, you're not changing electric companies, you're changing billing companies. So the money still goes to AEP, even if you have a different, if a different company is listed as your electric provider, you still have AEP. I mean, if you're in an area where AEP is, is your provider anyway. Um, you may be in an area where it's, you know, uh, PG&E, or it could be uh, Duke Energy, or, you know, whatever, but you get the point. The point is simply that the, it's a kind of a monopoly. You know, they own the lines, they own everything there is to do with it, so if you're getting it, they're getting money from it one way or another. So you can't boycott your water company, you can't boycott your electric company, your gas company, you can't. You just got to keep paying them, and hope that one day they'll give a fuck. So that's your competition in a nutshell. Stop telling yourself there's too much competition. There's no competition. The competition that's out there sucks. All you have to do is do better than that. Do better than crap, and you're going to do okay. Do you need to be a multi-billion dollar company in order to be successful? No. Is it nice? Sure. Bottom line is, though, that if you do a good job, the best you can possibly do, you're more than likely going to do better than your competition. Whether you're making more money than them or not is irrelevant. All that really matters is that the money's coming to you, to your company, to your organization. You get to create the culture. You get to hire the people. You get to make sure that they have a paycheck. You get to make sure that your employees are able to put food on the table for their families. That's something pretty special. So... We're going to wrap this up for right now, but I'm going to come back here in just a minute, and we're going to go into the next lie that we tell ourselves. And uh, so just to recap so far, we've told ourselves that there's too much competition. We've told ourselves that we have to have a, a, a sizable amount of money to be able to start our own business. And we've also told ourselves that we have to have a degree in order to be able to be successful these days. We found out that all three of those are lies. So give me just a minute and I'll be back with the other things that we constantly lie to ourselves about. Okay, so for the fourth lie we tell ourselves, I don't have time. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to start a business. I don't have time to write a handwritten thank you note for everyone that buys a service for me or a product for me. I don't have time to fill in the blank. It's a lie. doesn't matter what you say after that. It's a lie. It's wrong. It's not true. Stop telling yourself you don't have time. There are 24 hours in a day, and if you're taking good care of yourself, you're sleeping eight of those hours, right? Which leaves you 16 hours to be effective, to be efficient, to be ready to go, to get stuff done. 16 hours is a lot of time. Think about that. 16 hours. How many minutes are there? Do the math. So here's the point. All right. I surround myself with a lot of successful entrepreneurs because that's what I do. Right? That's what interests me. That's what makes me happy and what is going to make me more successful. Right? Because in order to be what you want to be, you want to surround yourself with the things that foster that kind of growth. So I listen to podcasts 
I uh, read books, I listen to seminars and go to seminars and things like that, uh, put on by guys like Andy Frisella, the MFCEO. Check out the MFCEO project. It is an amazing podcast. If you're an entrepreneur, you, you don't want to miss. This guy is on fire. He's got a guy on there called named Ben Newman, another guy named Von Kohler, both very, very good at what they do, very motivational to me. Uh, they're all doing very well in life financially, and they're all, they all say the same thing. I haven't worked in years, right, because they're doing what they want to do. They're doing what they love. Now, is it work? Of course it's work. It's hard work. It takes a lot of their time. It does everything. You know, they, they live and breathe what they do, their life, their business. But the point is, all of these guys that I surround myself, they all say the same thing. Look up Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Check out the seven, uh, seven Habits of Highly Successful People, Stephen Covey. Uh, you know, check these guys out. I, this is not me saying this. I'm not making this stuff up. This is stuff coming from people who are successful, who are uh, financially independent and things like that, which is where I want to be. I'm not there. That's where I want to be. So they all say you need to have a critical task list. Um, Andy Frisella, I believe, calls it the, uh, uh, oh, shit, what does he call it? it? But it's a critical task list, guys. It's, it's five things that you need to accomplish every single day in order to win that day. He calls it winning the day, right? So if, you're make, if you want to start a hat business, okay, your five things might be, and they don't all have to be business, but, but let's just pretend that they're all business related. Your five things might be um, start a new hat. Uh, that might be one thing. Every day you're going to start a new hat. Number two, every day you're going to browse the Internet looking at other hats that are available on the market, what, are, what, you know, what hats are popular and what hats are not popular, that kind of thing, right? Because you need to know your business, right? So even though that task right there isn't going to make you any money, it's going to make you more knowledgeable about your market and about your so-called competition, right? It's going to make you more knowledgeable. And we, talk, we already said earlier that knowledge is power. You don't have to have a degree, but you do have to have education. You do have to have knowledge. You've got to know what the hell you're talking about with your product, goods, or services. You want to know everything. You want to be the expert in your field. So it might be a good idea to learn new techniques as, as to, you know, how to make a certain thing on a hat, you know. Uh, so that might be a number three for you. Now, uh, number four might be, hey, I don't exercise enough. I want to get in 30 minutes of exercise every day. So that's critical task number four. And uh, finally, number five is, you know, I don't read to my kids enough. you got really little kids. They're not in school yet. You want to read to your kids every night. Maybe you put that onto your critical task list until eventually, uh, three, four, five weeks later, that each of those critical tasks become a habit. A habit, right? So you make a little bit of time for these things each and every day, and they might, you know, it might not take a lot of time. For example, you might spend 30 minutes on the internet doing research for your business about the other hats that are out there, the hats that are popular, and, and things like that, and how other people are selling hats, or how other people are designing hats, or making the hats, where other people get their yarn, you know, that kind of stuff. Maybe 
You only spend a half an hour on that. That's one critical task. We already said exercise. You don't do enough exercise, you want to spend 30 minutes with a good exercise routine every single day. So there's another 30 minutes. That's an hour. you got three hours left of those four extra hours we said you had every day, right? So that's one hour down, two tasks down. Okay? Another task is you're going to start a hat. Well, you know what? Maybe you're really good at crocheting these hats, and you don't even really have to look at them while you're doing it. A lot of times you can sit there and watch Netflix while you're making this hat. Okay? I know. My daughter's a crochet. She, she, she likes to crochet. She makes hats and stuff. So that's why, one of the reasons I use this silly little example. Uh, because even though it seems insignificant, it's not. It could absolutely be a very valuable business. So that time, uh, let's say you spent an hour making that new hat. Okay? Or working on that new hat. Maybe that is part of your critical task. You want to spend one hour every day on your hats. Okay, so that's 60 minutes. Now you got three hours gone out of that four hours and three tasks are gone. Right? You only have two tasks left. One of them is reading to your kids. Now come on, how long does it take to read a bedtime story? 10, 15 minutes? And you got two kids, you're talking a half an hour tops? Maybe you read to both of them at the same time. Now we're down to 15, 20 minutes again. Right? So, um, and the, the fifth and final critical task, you still have a half an hour at least left in your day to complete. Sorry, someone's trying to rear end me there. So, there you go. You've got that, that five critical tasks that take a total of three and a half, four hours to do for the entire day. Now, does that mean that you can't find time somewhere else? No. What about this? What about if, what if you have a half an hour lunch break? What if you have an hour lunch break? Is there any reason that you can't spend a half an hour of your hour lunch break exercising? So now you got that critical task out of the way and you didn't even spend any extra time on it. All right, people, the point here is not to spend every single waking minute of your day being busy as fuck unless you want to do that. And if you do, I can guarantee you that your success will come faster. But you don't have to do that. But you do have to be honest with yourself. All right, how much time do you spend dicking off throughout the day at work? How much time do you spend dicking off in the evening? Probably quite a bit more than you realize. If you really sit back and think about it, right, you need to be effective, efficient with your time. If you only have a half an hour to get something done, Get it done in 25 minutes. Spend that other five on something else. Are you with me? Like, don't, don't take time for granted. It seems like we have so much of it because we're awake every day. We, we live every day and breathe every day. And we, we forget about the fact that it could end any moment. At any moment in time, it could just be over. Think about that. How many times have you, have you heard somebody say, man, I just talked to this guy the other day, and he was in a car accident, and, and now he's dead. I mean, have you ever heard that before? Yeah, you have. I know you've heard that. I know you've heard people say, you know, I, I just spoke to my neighbor this morning, and then he, he had a, a massive heart attack a few hours later and passed away. It happens, man. You have no idea when your time is coming. You have no idea. 
I'd like to believe that I'm 39 years old and I've got at least another 40, 50 years left in me. I'd like to believe that. It'd be nice. I truly feel like I'm going to live forever. I'd like to live for a really, really, really long time. I don't know about forever. It might get kind of boring after a while, you know. What else do you have to learn after a couple hundred years? I mean, you're just watching history repeat itself over and over again. It would almost suck to be a vampire. Anyway, so my point is, you have to be effective with the time that you have. So if you say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes exercising, don't go to the gym, hop on the treadmill for 15 minutes, and then sit in the locker room for 15 minutes cooling off. That's not effective. That's not 30 minutes of working out. That's 30 minutes of being at the gym. That's, there's a difference. I go to the gym every day, and I see, depending upon what time of day I go, if I go in the afternoon, it's a bunch of high school kids, because you can, you can go to the gym at 13, 14 years old and, and older, uh, my particular gym. So it's a bunch of high school kids. They're on their cell phones. No joke. Now they're, they're, they've got their headphones on. So they're not listening to anyone around them. They don't give a shit about anything else that's going on around them. They don't care about who's using what equipment and things like that. They're on the phone, and they're talking to their buddy in between sets. And they might take two, three, four minutes in between sets sitting on a machine talking to their buddy or their girlfriend or whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm over at the gym working out. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm hitting it hard today. No, you're not. You're sitting on your ass not doing shit. That's ineffective. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of your space at the gym. Get out of the way so I can go use that machine that you're dancing on. Okay? Be effective. Be efficient. You can't just, you can't just say, all right, so I got an extra five minutes. I'm going to go ahead and dick off for five minutes. No, not if you want to be successful. Not if you have a goal that you're trying to reach. Every day, five things that you need to accomplish by the end of the day. Five small critical tasks that will help to move you forward. Now, you keep working those tasks over and over and over again. Eventually, those things are going to become a habit and you're not even going to realize that you invested the extra time because it's not extra time. You're utilizing time where you could have been doing something. You're actually doing something in that space now. That's the difference. Bullshit, you don't have time. You have time. You just have to decide where you're going to put it in throughout the day. That's what you have to do. Utilize your time. Maximize the abilities or maximize the time that you have, the opportunities for the time that you have. Stop telling yourself that you don't have time and make things easy for yourself. My five critical tasks, okay, Every day I spend 30 minutes on speech content. In other words, I might make up a new topic uh, for my speaking engagements. Um, I might sharpen my skills on one particular topic for, you know, for 30 minutes. But either way, I'm working on my speech content. I'm, I'm either creating something new or, or uh, working harder to, to get something that I've already done to be even better than it was before. But every day I spend 30 minutes on that at least. Sometimes it's more than that, honestly. Sometimes I get on a, on a tangent and I just go and go and go, and next thing I know, an hour, hour and a half has passed by, but I got a lot done. Now, I'm not telling you that you're going to have to do that. Spend an hour and a half on your 30-minute task. Don't do that. If you don't have the time, don't do it. it. just so happens 
sometimes I get lucky throughout the day and somebody cancels an appointment and I've got an extra few minutes to spend on something. So that's critical task number one. Sometimes I have that done by as early as 9 o'clock in the morning. Right? Critical task number two, quality social media post every single day because I suck at social media. I suck at posting things. I'm trying to get better at that because that's going to help to drive my success down the road. It's going to be years and years down the road, but I know that if I work on this every single day, then I'm going to build my social media following and that those will eventually be customers or advocates for my customers. In other words, those are going to be people that are going to go out and say, hey, I know this guy. Yes, go check him out if you need a, a personal fitness trainer. Go check him out if you need uh, a motivational speaker or a keynote speaker at your event. This guy's, you know, that's what I want. I want people to know who I am, what I'm about, and the best way to do that is social media. We'll talk about, that's a whole other podcast we'll talk about another time. But the point of the matter is, that is critical task number two. Because I suck at it, it's on my critical task list. So far, I've been working this critical task list for about four weeks now. The first week, I sucked. I lost that whole week. I, I got a few things done here, a few things done there. But guess what happened? I never once checked something off the list because I didn't have time for that. No. It stayed on the list unchecked. And if I didn't get three of those five things done, then I lost that day. I would put an L on that day. I lost. If I got at least three of those things done, then I won the day. Even if I didn't get to the other two, hey, at least I got these three critical tasks done. That's a win. I don't normally I don't normally do these three critical tasks anyway. That's why they're on my list. I got those three done at least. I got those three done. That is a win for the day. Now, the idea, of course, is to get all five. Get all five done. What's going to happen is you're going to find that it didn't take that much time to do critical task number one and number two. Number three might take a little bit longer. Number four, even longer. And then number five took five minutes. Who knows? The point of the matter is once you start doing this, you're going to, it's going to be a habit for you. And then you can take those things off your critical task list and put something on there that's not a habit yet. For example, critical task number three for me make five phone calls uh, to local schools to try to get speaking engagements, um, to donate speaking engagements. In other words, in order to build my portfolio, I want to get into local schools, high schools and middle schools, and I want to talk to kids about things like the dangers of social media, uh, the dangers of cyberbullying, um, those kinds of things, and leadership, and, and anything that, that would be good for some of the young kids today to, to know about. And there's a lot of things that I have, uh, that I, a lot of topics that I can talk about that I know would benefit high school and middle school students in this day and age. So I want to go speak to these kids for free, no charge so that I can start building that portfolio. I can, have, uh, I can have clients that have seen me in action, have heard my speeches, and, and have seen how I interact with the crowd, and that can give me a good review, right? So every day on my critical task list, I'm supposed to make five phone calls to different schools, just reaching out to them. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to book five schools every day. There's no way... I would even have the time for that. Well, 
I guess I could make the time, right? But my point is, most of the time they don't call you back or, you know, they, they're not quite sure what it is that you want. So sometimes it's a matter of making a phone call just to get a meeting set up, and then you go in and meet with somebody for five, ten minutes, and then they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, when can we do this? And, you know, so that's the, that's the trick, which is why five phone calls a day is important because that ends up being 25 phone calls a week. And if 20% of those people were to call back, uh, then that's five people that would call me back. And of those, another 20% might actually want me to come in and do a speech for them, uh, which means that one a week, four a month to five a month is what I should be expecting. Now, that critical task I haven't been so great at, but I continue to work on it. It's on my critical task list every day. If I miss one, that's the one I miss. Okay? So my uh, fifth critical or fourth critical task, I add one new exercise to my workout routine every day. Why do I do that? One new workout, one workout that I've never done before, one exercise that I've never done before. Let's say it's bent over rows. Okay, I've done those a zillion times, right? But there might be 20 different variations, you know? So I look for an exercise uh, that I've never done before, and I do that exercise. Because the more exercises I know how to do myself, then the more exercises I can teach other people how to do. And since I'm a personal fitness trainer, I think having a huge catalog of different exercises will benefit me in a couple ways. One, it keeps the workouts from being boring, monotonous, right? That's one. Number two, a lot of the people that are looking for personal training, a lot of people that that I'm going to be dealing with have... Uh, some kind of an old injury, whether it's a sports injury or, or they're just dicking off in their backyard and, and fell down and, and hit their shoulder or whatever. People have different injuries that they deal with, right? Uh, I have one client with a bad shoulder. So when it comes to the shoulders, I have to be careful about what exercises we do. So if I have 75 different shoulder exercises that we can do, I'm probably going to be able to find three or four that this client can do without hurting, further injuring his shoulder, right? So, every day I learn one new exercise. I incorporate that one new exercise into my workout. Sometimes I learn more than one, but I have to learn at least one. And if I incorporate it into my own routine, my own workout, then I'm going to know A, how to do it, and, how it, and B, how it affects the, uh, the muscle that I'm targeting, and see if I can make any variations to that particular exercise to hit the muscle in a different, at a different angle or in a different way. So it really helps me to, to – it will help me to build my client base down the road. Is it doing anything for me today? Not exactly, other than giving me new, new workouts to do or new exercises to do during my workouts. But it will help me once I start uh, actually getting clients and things like that, getting more, more clients on a full-time basis and, you know, quit my full-time job and all that kind of stuff to be uh, a full-time personal fitness trainer. So it will definitely help. Now, the fifth and final critical task, sharpen the saw. Every day, I need to sharpen my skills. So, 
what I mean by this is, I said earlier that you have to have knowledge. You have to have knowledge. Not, not necessarily a degree, but the education, right? So every day, I'm either listening to a podcast having to do with entrepreneurship or having to do with fitness training or having to do you know, something like that that is helping to push me forward in my life with the things that I want to do. Or I read a book for 30 minutes. Or my point is I bring something into myself that I'm going to use. It's sharpening the saw, sharpening the blade, okay? Sharpening the blade is just getting better at what I'm doing, right? Learning more, getting, gaining more knowledge, uh, gaining more skills, getting more ideas as to how to market on social media, getting more ideas as to how to motivate my clients or motivate myself or motivate others, getting more ideas for, for topics, for different speeches, uh, for you know all kinds of different speeches that I can do down the road, right? So just content and things like that. So every day I spend 30 minutes at least listening to a podcast, reading a book, or something like that that's going to help to give me more knowledge and to sharpen my skills. Those are my critical tasks. Every day, those are the five things that I want to get done somewhere in the 16 hours that I spend awake. The five phone calls could take as much as 10 minutes. It could take as long as 45 minutes. You know? One new exercise, that's a matter of looking something up on YouTube or going to a buddy of mine, uh, Ta Yuen, Y-U-N, who's a bodybuilder and, and a wonderful amateur bodybuilder, and a, a wonderful human being, and he is a, a bantamweight. He's competed in the Arnold Classic and a ton of other things, and he has more exercises. He's done more exercises than anybody I know. We trained together for a couple of years, and I've never worked out as hard as I did when I worked out with Ta, and the guy is awesome, and I just love watching. He's got every day he's posting videos of his workouts. So I watch his videos, and... A lot of times he'll have a workout or an exercise I've never seen before, and I'll shoot him a message. Hey, man, what, tell me about this, and, and he'll tell me about it. So it could be five or ten minutes. It could be 20 minutes. You know, it just depends. But it doesn't take me very long. See, these critical tasks, they don't have to take all day. They don't have to take all day. They just have to take the amount of time necessary to get the, the task complete. Don't look at your critical task list and go, oh, well, I, I kind of did that. It's it sort of because I kind of no. You did it or you didn't. Did you complete this or did you not complete this? When I first started this, I lost the first week. I told you. I lost my first week. I did not complete the majority of my tasks on a daily basis. But I didn't make any fucking excuses either. I did not sit there and say, oh, well, I, I, I couldn't do this because I didn't have time today. Or No. I made myself accountable for the things that I did and the things that I did not get done throughout the day. I did not allow myself to make any excuses. Okay, so I was sick the last couple of days. Did I get my critical task list done? No. Did I check them off or skip them and say, oh, it's okay? No. Still angry I didn't get it done, but there's nothing I can do about it now. It was yesterday. So now I'm just going to get it done today. Forget about yesterday. It's over. Nothing we can do about it. Nothing I do about the day before either. Or any days before that. All I can do now is what I've got in front of me right now, today. So I'm getting my critical tasks done today. 
That's the fourth lie that we tell ourselves. I don't have time. Bullshit. Make the time. Be effective. Be efficient. Stop wasting time and then telling me that you don't have any time or telling yourself that you don't have time. You're too busy. It's bullshit. Donald Trump has got to be the busiest person on the planet. He's the leader of the free world and he finds time to send a tweet out every 25 minutes. You can find the fucking time that you need to accomplish five critical tasks. Make a list. Five things that you want to get done every day that's going to help to push you forward in your life, in your goals. Not my critical tasks, your critical tasks. Stop telling yourself you don't have time. Make time. Now, this episode is getting rather long. So, we're going to dive into the very last thing, the very last lie that we tell ourselves. And the very last lie that we tell ourselves is, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough at this to go do that. I'm not good enough to go do that. Bullshit. Look. There's millions of people in the world. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. I'll be right back. Thank you for waiting. I'm back. Okay, so the last lie, as I mentioned, was I'm not good enough. Okay. So I'm not good looking enough. I'm Okay, so like, here, here's the thing, all right? We think there's some kind, some kind of like special ingredient to successful people, right? There's some kind of, there's some kind of secret that they have, you know, that they possess that we don't have any idea about, right? That top 2%, the people that are making all the money in the world while the rest of us are sitting kind of somewhere in the middle or below, right? We think that we look at them like, oh, you guys, they, you know, they, there's some special advantage that they have, or they have some special knowledge that I don't have, or they have some, no, bullshit. You know what the difference is between you and someone that you idolize? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Look, we're all just people at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how pretty you are. It doesn't matter how ugly you are. It doesn't matter if you love kids or don't ever want kids. If you are gay or straight, black or white. We're all the same. There's nothing special about me that should make me any more successful than you or anyone that you know, for that matter. I'm not special by any means. There's a guy in my company who did um, almost a million dollars in revenue last year. Well, last year in this company was my first year, and I did about $20,000 a month. If you averaged it out, it's probably more like 25000 a month in revenue, right? Not a whole lot. 
Okay, but that being said, you got a learning curve there. You got to learn the stuff before you can really kick its ass. And I usually spend about one year getting a really good handle on everything, and then then I kick its ass in year two, three, four, five, whatever. The point is, there's a guy in my organization lives in a different area than us. He lives in the Pittsburgh region, and I'm in the Columbus region. So uh, this guy in Pittsburgh sold almost a million dollars in in pest control services last year um, and toward the end of last year every six months they have this hoorah meeting up in uh, Canton or whatever and and it's all about oh hoorah hoorah yada 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 it's all freaking day learning about stuff we already know about or um, picking up new information about maybe a new product line or a new service line or a new chemical or whatever the case may be right so there's a, an all-day meeting that goes on, and at this all-day meeting uh, five months ago, six months ago, uh, I met this guy, and I told everybody, my entire sales team, when we got back to Columbus, I said, hey, you know what the difference is between that guy that did a million dollars almost in, in revenue last year and me? Nothing. Not a thing, except he's been doing it longer. That's the only difference. He's got a handle on it already. He knows all the products, goods, and services. He knows how to price things out. He's confident with all that stuff. He's very confident with it, as he should be. He's been with the company for years, so he should have it figured out by now. There's no difference between my $70,000 or $60,000 in revenue last year and his damn near $1 million. 940000 I believe, is what it was he ended up with for the year in sales. The guy's his own business, but he works for a company. You know, it made him almost a million dollars. I bet he didn't get a quarter of that. My point is, he's not special. He's not better at talking than me. He's not a better salesperson than me, right? He's not. He's not better looking than me. He's not more knowledgeable. Well, he's probably more knowledgeable because he's been with the company longer. But, I mean, he just, there's no difference between that guy and myself. There's no reason that I can't pull off the same kind of numbers as that guy. He's not special. Um, let me give you a bigger example, someone that you might know. Let's say Tony Robbins. What makes Tony Robbins so special? People make fun of guys like Tony Robbins, you know, self-help. You guys are selling hope. Whatever, all right? He lives a life a certain way. And he tells everybody, this is how I live my life. If you do this, you can do these things too. And that's it. You know, he, he's not doing anything super special, anything way outside of the scope of ordinary. He might be a little bit better looking than me. I don't, I don't know. I guess that's an opinion. He's probably in better shape than me, only because he's a little bit older and he's working out longer. I, I don't know. <laughs> but there's really no difference. I can do the same stuff that he can do. And you can too, if that's what you want to do. I mean, not everybody, not everybody wants to be a public speaker. Not everybody wants to be a millionaire. Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And I'm not telling you that you have to be in order to be successful. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there is no difference between you and anybody else out there. Quit telling yourself that you have to be somebody special or that you're not good enough to be somebody special. Because you are somebody special. You're already somebody special. You are somebody's son or somebody's daughter. Okay? You could be somebody's mother or somebody's father. 
somebody's brother or sister. I guarantee you one thing. You are somebody's son or daughter. And I guarantee you this too, that there's somebody in your life that wants to see you do well other than you. Don't let stuff hold you back. Don't let fear hold you back. It's not that you're not good enough. It's that you've told yourself so much that you're not good enough that you're not even willing to try now. And you also see other people who try and their friends or their family members might shoot them down. Right? For example, you want to start your hat business. You're really good at crocheting hats. You got a full-time job that you got to work because you got food, you got kids, you got to put food on the table, you got to pay the bills, right? But you still want to start this business because you hate your job. You don't like doing what you're doing. You're only doing it to put money in the bank. Okay? You say uh, to, let's say, your best friend. Your best friend, you say, hey, best friend, uh, I'm going to start my own hat business. Oh, and why are you going to do that? You're never going to make enough money doing that. You can't make enough hats to sell, you know, enough hats that you can make any money. There's, there's a million hat companies out there. Why are you going to try? Why would you bother making hats when there's a million different hat companies out there? There's no reason that you're going to make any money. You can't make money doing that. You're going to have to sell them cheaper than everybody else in order to make a dime. All that stuff's not true. They're just telling you their fears. They're telling you what they're afraid of. You don't have to be afraid of the same shit. Is it going to be easy? No. Of course it's not going to be easy, but anything that's worth it is not going to be easy. So don't tell yourself that, hey, this should be really simple, because it's not going to be simple. But more importantly, don't tell yourself that you're not good enough, because what you're doing is lying to yourself, and you're convincing yourself that it's probably best to just stay where you are. Keep, play it safe. Play it safe. Go work your Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Get paid your weekly measly paycheck. Live paycheck to paycheck the rest of your life if that's how you want to do it. If that's success for you, then great. Sucks for me. I'm not interested. Right? I don't want to work for the corporate. The corporate powerhouse that makes millions and millions of dollars while I sit around, you know, making one-tenth of one percent. It's not for me. If that's for you, great. And I'm not trying to make fun of you. If that's your thing, that's your thing. I'm not mad at you. Do, do your thing. Make sure that that's what makes you happy. If that's not what makes you happy and you want something bigger and you want more, look, I had a kid that was 10, maybe 12 years old, say something to his mom one time that threw me off guard, but I was like, man, he really made some sense right there. 10, 12-year-old kid said to his mom, said, Mom, if your dreams aren't big enough, or if your dreams aren't scary, he said, if your dreams aren't scary, then they're not big enough. Right? That kid's going somewhere, man. If he holds on to that mentality, he's going somewhere, because fuck fear. People who keep telling you that you're not good enough to do something can kiss your ass. Those are not haters. Those are people who are called anchors. They will drag you down. Get rid of them. Cut them out of your life. And quit telling yourself you're not good enough. You are good enough. And if you're not good enough yet, you can get good enough. You can get better. You just have to utilize the time that you have on this earth 
to sharpen your skills, to do the things that make you happy, the things that you want to do. So if that's starting your hat business, then you better get started right now because I guarantee you time is not waiting for you. You're waiting for time. Don't wait for time. It's not waiting for you. I promise you time is going to keep on ticking. It is not waiting on you to make a decision. One day you're going to be 10 years older and you're going to say 10 years ago I could have, there you go. Instead of saying 10 years ago, I could have, do it today. Do it right now. Do it anyway. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You tell yourself every day that you can't do that because blah, 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 then you're right. You can't do that. And it's not because of blah, blah, blah. It's because of you. Don't scare yourself out of being the best that you can be. Don't let other people drag you down. You are good enough. You can be good enough. All you have to do is remind yourself that you are no different than anybody else. Whether that person is a multimillionaire because he's made an amazing hat company and you want to be similar to them, or whether that person is a school teacher, a president of the United States, you are no different. Donald Trump is no better than you or me or anyone else. In fact, most of us could agree he's quite a bit worse. The guy's a complete douchebag. I'm not going to get into politics. Whether you love him or hate him as a politician or as the president of the United States or not, I don't care. But I can tell you, either way, as a human being, the guy's a douchebag. I think we could probably all agree on that, love him or hate him as a president. As a human being, as an individual, he's a complete douchebag, but at least he's authentic. You know, at least you know when he spits some shit out of his mouth, even though it's offensive and and it's completely absurd and people shouldn't feel that way, at least you know he's telling the truth. (laughs) As awful as that sounds, he's telling the truth. So, you're you're no worse... No better, no worse than Donald Trump. You're no better, no worse than Oprah Winfrey, Hillary Clinton, you know, Ben Affleck. Uh, you know, I don't care. Whoever you're, you're modeling yourself after, whoever you think is the greatest person on earth, you're no worse than them and you're no better than them. You're just the same as they are. They are no different than you. Seriously. Let that soak in. Think about that. Think about it. All right? Tony Robbins wasn't born a success. Andy Frisella wasn't born a success. He wasn't born uh, uh, an entrepreneur millionaire already. That guy worked his ass off. Him and his business partner, when they were 18 years old, worked their freaking asses off all summer long in the heat in Missouri, painting the stripes on parking lots in order to make the money, and saved all their money in order to make the money that they needed to start their business. They opened supplement superstores in 1999. He was 19 years old. 16 years later, it's a $100 million a year company. Well, between the several companies they have. That's not the point. The point is, he didn't wake up that way. 
He wasn't born that way. He didn't go to a special school. He didn't have someone special in his life that made him a better person than you or me or anyone else. He recognized a few things early in life. He recognized that he was an entrepreneur. He wanted to be his own business. He's never punched a time clock. Because he set out to never punch a time clock from the time he was a child. That's what he wanted. So he started earlier than you. So fucking what? It doesn't mean that you can't start your business today at 39 years old and 16 years from now be a $100 million a year company. Why can't you? Why? What's stopping you? I'll tell you what it is. It's fear. It's you constantly telling yourself that you can't because you're not this person, you're not that person. You're trying to tell yourself that they had something special that you don't have. Bullshit. You're smart. You're attractive. You're innovative. You're coachable. You're hardworking. You're honest. You love your family. Just like those other guys I mentioned. Ben Newman and, and Von Kohler. I keep going to the MFCEO project because I listen to that more than anything else. Those guys are awesome. Check it out. Please go listen to it. Don't take my word for it. They're on Apple iTunes. The MFCEO project. Go listen. So that's where I get some of the things that I talk about because those guys, uh, we all think alike. We have a very similar mindset. So you're going to hear me telling you things all the time that uh, I'm, here to, I'm here to pump you up. I'm here to squash all the bullshit, you know. You don't have to be somebody special because you're already somebody special. Decide what you want to do. Create a critical task list to help you with that goal. Carry out your critical tasks. If you need more education, then educate yourself. Educate yourself. That's sharpening the saw. That's sharpening the tool. Sharpening the blade. Right? Educate yourself on what it is that you want to do. Okay? You don't have to be the best hat maker out there. You don't have to be the only hat maker out there, and that's never going to happen, right? You don't have to be the best. If you want to be, there's a way to do it. You can beat the number one hat company. You can do it. And just because they got a 10, 15, 20, 30-year head start doesn't mean that you can't catch up. We're in the day, of, day and age of social media, instant gratification, Right? Instant reviews. Think about your competition. They suck. They don't care about their customers. You do. How much more valuable are you than, than somebody who doesn't give a shit? Okay? Take the time. Make the time. You have the time. Everybody has time. Stop telling yourself you don't. And finally, to wrap this up, the top five lies we tell ourselves. Stop telling yourself that you're not good enough. It's bullshit. Stop telling yourself you don't have the time. It's bullshit. Stop telling yourself that you have to have a degree to be successful. It's bullshit. You have to have knowledge, not the degree. And, again, that's to be successful. If you want to be a doctor, you need a degree. All right? You want to be a surgeon, you know, you want to be a lawyer. Those things require degrees. Right? 
but mainly because you need that education. All right, so that wraps it up, guys. Um, please, if you're not already, follow me on Instagram at the official Jason Cremines, J-A-S-O-N-C-R-E-M-E-A-N-S. Please find my uh, my station on anchor.fm forward slash daily drives with an S and share that with your friends. Share it on social media so people can find it. Um, I, I appreciate you joining me today and I appreciate you listening. I really appreciate you sharing uh, this information with other people because, of course, I'm giving this away for free. I'm not uh, looking for any money from this, so my my only request is that you please share it and uh, and leave me some reviews. Let people know what you think of me, of my speeches, of my podcast, and, and of my ideas uh, because it means a lot to me. It's going to help me to grow and to, to grow my business and to, to grow this podcast to reach even more people that need to hear some of the things that we talk about on here. So hopefully soon I'll be getting some guests and things on here. Uh, make sure that you check out my uh, my good friends, uh, Good Vibes, on this podcast network as well, Anchor FM. I believe it's forward slash Good Vibes. Check them out. Really good stuff over there. Uh, they talk about all kinds of – Jeremy talks about all kinds of stuff, the Psycho Man. Um, he's a musician and a very positive individual, has a lot of really good things to say. Um as far as that's concerned, I, I think I'm I'm about done. One more time, Instagram is at the official Jason Cremines. I'm Cremines at Cremines Jason on Twitter. I am on Facebook. I believe it's Jason Cremines Rocks. And also follow me on Periscope at Jason Cremines. Uh, I'm gonna try to get some live Periscopes going soon. And uh, usually when I do, it's on a whim. So if you follow me, you'll get notified. Please subscribe. I really appreciate it. And until I talk to you next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other.